Amen. So I'm doing a very, very long teaching in a very, very short time. Is that okay? So you need to tune in your spiritual antenna. You need to be alert. You need to be ready to receive the word of God this morning. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All scriptures are given by the inspiration of God. And they are profitable for different things. And one of the things that they are profitable for is correction. Right? So the word this morning, oh good. The word this morning is for correction. Is that okay? Because when you look through scriptures, in fact, the scripture that we read, the verse 3 of the scripture that we read, says the psalmist was imploring us specifically there that we should not forget all of God's blessings. And for the psalmist to write that, it is because there's a tendency for man to forget. In fact, in my note, I said it's one of the, um, one of the major flaws of man, the ability to forget. And we forget for different reasons. You know, we forget for because, hey, the things that we're going through at that time, uh, at this particular point in time is what matters to us. Even when Maslow was put in, Maslow makes us realize that, oh, the most important thing to man is, first of all, their psychological well-being. What you are going through at that particular time is what is important. And if you've not eaten, for example, you don't think about anything else. It is food that is important. If your safety is questionable at that particular time, that's what is important. So because of that, man naturally has a tendency to forget. And when you look through scriptures, you see God himself instructing the Israelites that you should put things to remembrance. That means you must set time aside to consciously remind yourself of the things God has done. If not, you're going to forget. Now there's a danger in forgetting. Let us quickly start from there. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Talking about the story of someone who once upon a time knew God. Romans chapter 1, from verse 21. It says, for although... Okay, let me read from this one. It says, because that when they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, neither were they thankful but became vain. See, because they were not thankful, Scripture says they became vain in, in their imagination, and their foolish heart becomes darkened. That's the danger of not calling the things that God has done to remembrance. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter how our Christian faith is. Not calling the things that God has done for you to remembrance, you bear the risk of becoming vain in your imagination. Starting to think that the things that you accomplish, the things that you are, the things that you are going through is only by your own power. It's only by the things that you have done. It's by your own intellect. Your imaginations becomes nothing before God. Continue. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Suddenly you start to think that you know more than everybody else. It's only your opinion that matters. It's the things that you say that everybody should do. Before God, you become fools but not, nobody in this church is just name. And it, it progress. see, you see the progression? Initially, they knew God. Then they stopped thanking God. Then God allowed them to think, to have their imagination warped. Then suddenly, they become as fools before God. Look at the next stage. They start to take the glory of an uncorruptible God into an image like unto corruptible men. 
You see that they have not progressed. Someone who knew God suddenly has progressed to the point of actually creating idols for themselves, starting to worship or finding safety or salvation in things that man has made, in things that should, that God has made, they started serving the creator or the created rather than the creator. It wasn't because they thought they would have been like that in the beginning. It was only because they never thanked God. They didn't give God the due regards to due to him. Continue next one. Look at it. At that point, God just gave them over. <laughs> that not be the portion of everybody in this church. It says, wherefore God also gave them up unto uncleanness through the lust of their own heart to dishonor their own body between themselves. We're not going to get them in Jesus' mighty name. So that's why a message as today is coming. That, hey, you know what? Learn to call things back to remembrance. So if you're looking for a topic, I just, the topic is not important. It's the word that's important. I call it call to remembrance. Call to remembrance. And I pray that God is going to speak to us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. I say God is going to speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, chapter 8. Deuteronomy, chapter 8. We read from verse 1 to 5. This was God before, he, you know, in the wilderness when he was still trying to prepare Israel for the place that he wants to take Israel to. The same way that God is preparing each one of us. Listen, let me quickly say this to you. Wherever you are today, Whatever it is that you think that you might, uh, be, you might be or whatever, whoever you think you are today is nothing compared to where God is taking you to. Right? This is not where you need to put, put your thanks. This is not where you need to put your memorial sticks. Right? The future is still very far. It's still very glorious for you. Abraham was at the age of 90 when God called him. So it doesn't matter how old you are, there's still a glorious future ahead of you. Do I get an Amen. There's still a better tomorrow ahead of you. It is only you, it's only if you choose to give up today, then that's where everything is, is gone wrong. But if you've not chosen to, if you still think that one day it's much more for God to do a lot more with you, then please listen to me tonight, this morning. Is that okay? So this was a time when God was now preparing Israel to get into the place that he actually wanted them to get into. The things that God has promised generations before, the things that God has promised to you all this time, it was about the time when God was going to bring them to obtain that promise. And God knew that the minute, see the flaw of man, that the minute these people obtain this promise, guess what? They might just forget, they might just forget, uh, forget about me. And that's what happens to all of us, isn't it? So before then, you know, when you are going through things, at times God gets your attention, Right? They've been through the wilderness for 40 years. They've been going around and around and around and around. They were getting to the point of frustration. God was just telling them, okay, you know, I'm about to take you to this place, but there are things that we need to sort out, right? And that scripture came. So God instructed them and said, be careful. I will read, yeah, you can show this one, but I will read from my own translation. It says, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land promised or no to your ancestors. I will repeat it. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today. The reason is because, number one, so that you can be alive, you can live. Number two, so that you can increase. Number three, so that you can enter and possess the land that's promised to you. Are you with me? Remember how the Lord your God, look at the word remember there. 
because they can forget. Right? Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you. At times, the things that we're going through is only to humble us. Because, listen, you have not accomplished, you have not gotten to the place God wants you to get to, then a bit of pride is already there. Are you with me? Imagine if God now allows you the way you are today to get to where you are meant to get to. Then you understand that some of us will have to be crawling when we're talking to you. Does that make sense? So at times, God puts a pause to things that, hey, you know what? Let us deal with some things. The reality of it is, the reality of it, and it doesn't matter what you're going through this morning. The person that you are today might just be that you are not able to accept or to manage the things that God wants to give to you. There are so many people who are saying, God, I want to get married today, and God himself knows that you're not ready. Right? There are so many people that, hey, you know what? The careers that we should be operating in is nothing like where we are currently. But God needs to take you through that process so that when you get to that point, you don't forget who God is. Are you with me this morning? So God allows us to go through all this process to try our heart to see what our... Because listen, the person that you are today is a mirror effect of the person that you are going to be tomorrow. Right? Hence, there are some things that need to go. I always tell the guys and the ladies too that before you date anyone or before you marry anybody, you better go and see the girl's parents. You know why? Honestly, that person can never respect you more than their father. So if you go to the girl's house and he's telling off the dad, just know that, okay, <laughs> you are going to get the same thing at some point. <laughs> or your parents are going to get the same thing at some point. That's the reality of it. So wherever you are today, if you don't deal with it, is the person you're going to be tomorrow. And if that's the person that you're going to be tomorrow, match that with where God is taking you to and ask yourself that same question. Do you think you are really ready? Verse 3. He humbled you. Look at another thing. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and they're feeding you with manna. It is God. Look at God. He made you get hungry, and they gave you food. Right? which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. You see how God takes us through the practical lessons of life. It's not just about coming to church and hearing. Listen, what message did I preach last week? You might not even hear it. You might not even remember. Okay, thank God my wife remembered. <laughs> but guess what? The things that you went through this week, if you can relate it with God, I know that it's God that's allowing you to go through it. Then it's a better lesson than what is just spoken. Verse 4, which is an interesting scripture. It says, through these 40 years, your, the clothes you did wear, your, sorry, your clothes did not wear out or your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Note then in your heart that a man disciplines his son. So the Lord disciplines you. Listen, church, to God is the one that is writing in that scripture that, hey, when you get to that place, you need to call all these things back to remembrance. That even when you were going through the wilderness for 40 years, I was with you. There are so many of us that have been through issues in life, yeah. There are so many challenges that we've been through that truly God has been with us. A day like today is a day that you need to actually look back at where you were five years ago. 
Think about who you were five years ago. Think about how you were five years ago. And look at how far God has brought you. Do you know that there are some of us that actually felt that life was going to end that time? In fact, some of us would have preferred God taking us at that time. There are several of us that were weeping profusely at that time. There are several of us that felt, hey, God's help was just too far off. There was no hope. But one way that God showed up for us and brought us on this beautiful journey of who we are today. God is saying, call to remember the things I've done with you. Think about the things I've done with you. It was painful, but guess what? It's only preparing you. It was challenging, but guess what? It makes, it's only to make it tougher. It felt as if God was not listening to you, but guess what? I need a lot more discipline from you. Because if you're not disciplined, you know the truth, everything in life is going to be right. And if you're not disciplined as a child of God, guess what? Whatever it is that you are building together, listen, it's only a time for the devil to take it. So God allows us to go through all these things because of where he's taking us to. The word, the word, the word remember, you know, I like, I like to, at times I question my own um, English ability because I want to be sure that I understood what the word it says. It says you should recall to mind by an act on an effort of memory. Right? So it is a conscious act to actually remember. God is telling us to actually consciously sit down and think. Sit down and call to remembrance. Sit down and do something about what you're trying to remember. That's what it means. Deuteronomy chapter, sorry, Judges chapter 3, verse 7. Judges chapter 3, verse 7. Israel, after they have now gone to the promised land, like God said, they forgot about God. Right? Um, and God started giving them, every time, the Bible says that every time Israel sinned, God will give them over to the enemy. And then God will now remember them. Look at the way God puts it, or the Bible puts it. Since the son of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot their God that they served, and they went after other gods. Do that, we do that every time. The God that has brought us thus far, we tend to forget that God. We chase after other things. Listen, before you got that job, even yourself, you knew that you were not qualified. Rather than serving and chasing after that God still, you now start thinking that, oh, you know what? I'll start chasing after men to help me for the next. It's what we do. It's what we do. It's what man does naturally. Listen, I'm not talking to people of the world. I'm talking to Christians. The ones whom God is the one that helps. Paul was right. He says, not many wise were called. So it wasn't because we're a smart person that you are who you are. It's because God chose to help you. Who, who does not think, or rather, who thinks God helped them here? Honestly. See, I use my lab as an example. Before I got born again, I knew how smart I was. And my smartness was really, really nothing to write home about. Guess what? It was so bad that I cannot even speak in the presence of two people. That's the reality of it. 
So I cannot wake up today and think that I'm anything because whatever it is that I am today is because God helped me. Let me quickly talk to us about a few things that we must recall to mind this morning. A few things that you must consciously recall to mind. Is that okay? Number one, think about your health. Think about your health and your well-being. The people that are in the hospital today, it's not because of who you are. It's not because they're smarter than you. In fact, at times we live more carelessly than other people. More carelessly than other people. But guess what? God just chose to preserve you. Think about that. Think about that benefit. When, when the psalmist was saying that, oh, you should not forget his benefit, all his benefits, start with your health. Think about the last time you had pain. Small pain in your hand like this. It was like the whole world was shutting down. What about the healings that we enjoyed? All right, let's assume that your well-being, you are being in control of your well-being, isn't it? Because the doctors will tell us that, oh, if you eat well, you sleep well, you do everything well, there's chances that your well-being is going to be all right. That's fine. But there's always a probability of falling ill. Those times that you fall ill, it is the grace of God that makes you well again. Because it is only God that heals. Exodus chapter 15. In fact, let us look at Proverbs chapter 3, 7 to 8. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7 to 8. Look at the way how a wise person put it. He says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Exodus 15, 26. God saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, he says, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Is our God our healer. The benefit of good health that we be, hey, listen, even, see, if there's a part of you that is not feeling well that much, listen, some people have that same pain and they cannot sit down today. But God kept you. Like, you remember that story that we read about Israel and in Deuteronomy, that, oh, he made them get hungry and fed them. Sometimes God allowed those sicknesses because the devil cannot touch you as his child. But God at times allowed the devil to, and guess what? When he realizes that we cannot undo, guess what he does? He gives us a bit of succor. Because he's God. He watches over you. Bible says, listen, how many ears on your head? You don't even know. But God does not just know the number. He has a name for each one of them. Every time you remove one ear from your head, God only permits it. Every time you go to the barber, Right? And the barber is cutting your hair. Right? God knows how many the barber cuts. Why you were even sleeping. God knows the length and the height of each of your hair. The gallons of the braids are the Brazilian that you put on it. <laughs> so think about your health. Another thing that you need to call to remember this morning is the provision that you've enjoyed. The provision that you've enjoyed. Think about it, church. You might not be a billionaire yet, but guess what? You're better than someone. Did you hear what I said? In fact, let me make it, you're better than someone who was better than you when you were in school. So it has nothing to do with your intellect. 
was telling me that, oh, they read an article somewhere that there was a question about where are all these people that always come first in school? <laughs> Who was telling me? It was you that was telling me. That's the reality of it. The race is not to the swift, neither is the battle to the strong. Time and chance happens to them all. God will make your time come. God will make your chance come. Just take advantage of it at that time. Remember it. You went for that interview. Even when you came out, you were not even willing to tell anybody that you went for interview. <laughs> Who has been there before? In fact, there are interviews that you went for that you sneaked for. <laughs> you didn't even know how they called you for the interview in the first place. But God just made provision for you. All right, that's because you had a job. Think about those times that there was no job. I remember there was a, there was a year that we were getting into. And you know, January is always very long. Oh, Lord, my God. That year, you know, by December 25th, home and abroad, there was nothing. Right? And I felt, Lord, if you can keep me through January, because I was hoping for the best salary. <laughs> if you can keep me through it, then God has to be my sustenance. But guess what? That same month, I had the most money in my hand. Ask me how it came, I don't know. Think about those times that you were not working. When there was no regular income. In fact, think about those times when you were still on minimum wage. And your bill was like somebody <laughs> who's an investment banker. <laughs> and God kept you. God, um, Elijah was speaking. He says, you will not see the rain. You will not see the, what, the deal, but the ditch shall be full. That is so the story of some of us. Your sustenance. <laughs> you know, when we first got married, we used to do every month, we used to do our accounts. Right? I mean it. Ask my wife. We used to do our account, our income, expenditure. But guess what? It's never balanced. <laughs> I don't know if somebody's like that. You know what happens? Right? The income is lower, always lower than the expenditure. Right? Because at the time, my wife was frustrated. She was like, do you have money that you save somewhere else? <laughs> because God is your sustenance. You know, some of us, salaries are sustenance. You missed it if it is. Because you will live your life based on what your earnings can fetch you. Right? But the living of life, fulfilling what God wants to do, has to be bigger than what your earnings can sustain you. Right? That is why I'm not talking a motivational speaking outside the four walls of church. I'm talking to people who have the spirit of God with them, who walk by faith. Sorry, I'm going to use this. And I'm not boasting. What about the house that we live in currently? It was the most expensive in the market, but it was the best house. It was the best investment that we ever made. Right? But we couldn't afford it. It was a stretch of our faith. Every time you stretch your faith, God will always increase you to that point. You know, the challenge that we have as Christians, you know what it is? We are the one that has this thing that God is willing to help, but we're walking so with our eyes. I'm praying that this season that we are getting into, some of us are going to stretch ourselves a bit. Yeah. I pray that we're going to stretch ourselves because God is our sustenance. Right? Your earning does not sustain you. Sorry, maybe it's me that doesn't get the formula. Who's, if you live the way you should live, 
you know, you should live rightly. Who thinks that their salary can sustain them? I've never seen. Anyone that's living within their salary, get what, what happens? It's because, uh, sorry? No, see what you say. They become masterly. That's the reality of it. You have to deny yourself, yeah? which is good. You must be prudent. You must not waste money. Are you with me? But guess what? In this work of faith, you need to understand that A, God is your sustenance. Your job is not your sustenance. The day your job becomes your sustenance, the fear of losing that job will be the beginning of your wisdom. <laughs> That's why people get stressed. Because you are scared. Oh, what about if I lose my job? What about if I lose my job? You cannot go another day. What about if I lose my job? You cannot. God has to be your sustenance. If that job closes, another one shows up. Amen. A better one shows up. Amen. See, when you're going to work, you go with a confidence. Because you know that God is your sustenance. But do you know why you don't know that? Because you've forgotten that the last time it was like that, God was the one that was helping you. You need to call it to remembrance. Cautiously sit down the same way that David did when he faced Goliath and said, hey, hey, when I face the bear, when I face the lion, that same God will do this. But we forget all these things. Look at business opportunities. Do you know that there are some of us, listen, it might not even be the plan of God that will work for anybody. Have you not thought about that? There are some of us that have got ideas, but we're too lazy or too careful or too, too careful, too, <laughs> too fearful to make that jump. And rather than remembering how God has helped in time past, guess what we do? We start focusing on, ah, see how my friends are moving on. Focusing on their own God. May God help us. Amen. I have seven because of time I have to run up. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Look at what it says. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Look at it. So that, in, so that having all sufficiencies in all things, when? Look at your board now. Oh, okay. Let us read together. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, so that always, the word always, in my own it says at all times. So that always having all sufficiency in everything that you may have an abundance of for every good deed. The reason, you know the reason why Christians, people of the world, they are more charitable than Christians at times. Do you know why? We don't understand that, A, you need to have to be able to do good deeds. When you have, you do good deeds. Isn't it? Isn't it? If you're a multimillionaire today, you do good deeds, isn't it? It's a lie. <laughs> they say, as you do some things, you do all things. If you are faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. If you can't be faithful in little, you can't be faithful in much. Somebody says, oh, God, please just increase my salary so I can pay my fat. It's a lie. You're not going to pay. <laughs> That's the reason. That's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. You're not going to pay. When you were any little, you prayed that prayer. 
they increase your salary, you still paying the prayer, same prayer. <laughs> Isn't it? God is an amazing God, you know. Right? When you made that prayer, God at times will make sure that they increase your salary, at least by your tight. Uh-huh. See, see confirmation. <laughs> so all those times that they increase it by 200 pounds, 300 pounds, you don't know that you are putting yourself in that position. God makes sure that it's increased. So to see, you see, God has to be justified. You can't go to heaven and say, God, but it's because you didn't give me. God said, oh, that's why I give you that one. Remember, God is able to make all grace abound toward you. And you must call it to remembrance that God has always been the one who made all grace to abound towards you in time past. Faith becomes faith if you can capitalize or if you can hold on to the past and use the past as a propelling force for the future. Right? There's no faith that's from nothing. What does Hebrews chapter 1, 11 verse 1 says? Faith is the substance of things. So, Hope is nothing, right? Hope comes from somewhere that you are thinking about the future that you want to obtain. It's substantiating it. Putting substance to the things that you are hoping for. Putting value to the things that you are hoping for. So you are hoping for a house, right? You want to have a house. Hoping for the house, substantiate that hope by going to look at properties, right? You know, some of us are like, God, please, prosper me, prosper me, prosper me, prosper me. But guess what? You don't want to leave your job. That's a frozen prosperity. When Bible says, whatever you lay your hands to, God will prosper. Why not increase that value? I remember once in church, we were talking about prosperity in this wise, you know. And that, we were having a family meeting. I was talking to everyone that, hey, you know what? It's good for you to have a second source of income. No, I don't mean job. Go and learn a vocation. By the time I was talking to everybody, do you know what happened? Everybody just switched off for me. I felt like, oh, Lord, my God. If that job finishes tomorrow, what happens? God is able to make all grace abound towards you. I will end by this scripture. The verse 3 of the Deuteronomy that we read. It says, it humbled you causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you or your ancestors have known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen, last week we spoke about, we spoke about the word of God, isn't it? All right, empowering that word. This morning, I've just spoken to you about this. All right? Called to Call the things that God has done in your life to remembrance, right? Use it as a propelling force for the what you're trusting in God for, like David did, and see results. This morning, why not just talk to God? Listen, listen, listen. You know, when we say just talk to God, we just go, we're not calling anything to remembrance, right? Please don't play, so that they don't claim that it's before God, they won't say that it's you that disturbed them. Why not take one minute and just think about all the things that God has done in your life? Just in one second, go to the last five years. And just go ahead and just appreciate God this morning.